Register Guardians. This is LTE, podcast by the RG Opinion page. I'm your host, Brendan O'Meara. How's it going? It's free, this podcast is. You can subscribe on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Hopefully Apple soon. We don't know. Be sure to submit letters to the editor, RG Letters at RegisterGuard.com. Proofread them. Like, you know, several times, please. Guest views get sent to Bomera at registerguard.com. 700 words. Be sure to include your sourcing. Proofread that one a lot. That's what you do. Okay, today's guest is Samantha Crop. She's a grassroots organizer for Cascadia Wildlands, and she has a piece coming out this Saturday about the pandemic and public lands. Pandemic? pandemic in public lands and other good stuff that you've come to love from sam i love it when she comes on the show so without further ado here's my conversation with sam crop usually we don't get to uh sort of tease out a column ahead of time so uh, it's kind of neat to this is something that's going to publish on saturday and uh you know dealing with uh coronavirus pandemic and some of the stuff that you've been up to um so what was the inspiration and motivation for for your latest piece here Yeah. um, Well, I went out this weekend. Um, A lot of the work that I'm doing right now is um, on my computer, like I mentioned earlier. Um, But also as logging operations are continuing as essential activities, um, a lot of our work field surveying those threatened forests is also necessary and needs to continue. So um, we've developed a COVID-19 field protocol um, that for, for safety and for responsibility that we use when we go out and do these field surveys. Um, but we still have been going out to a lot of different places, um, different timber sales and projects throughout um, throughout the state, throughout um, at least the western half of Oregon, and tracking these different timber sales. Um, so this weekend... I went out to Southern Oregon um, and traveled uh, toward the coast along the 42 um, between, I don't know if you've ever been to the towns of Remote and Bridge, really far, um, kind of out in the middle of just remote Oregon, um, really beautiful, beautiful area, um, but also an area that's just been extremely devastated by industrial logging. It's the center of the Oregon and California lands, which a lot of folks who know that history refer to as the ONC checkerboard, which is really a checkerboard of pretty much perfect square mile, every other clear cuts and tree farms mixed in with public land. Um, And so it's just pretty viscerally shocking to drive out there um, and see how much devastation is happening across huge areas of the landscape. And in the context of COVID-19, to think about the fact that this, um, these clear-cut logging projects, aerial spraying, all of those things are continuing as the rest of us are um, necessarily and importantly distracted by this global pandemic. Have you found that uh maybe powers that be are taking advantage of this taking advantage of this distraction to hope you know while our eyes are over here that they're just like trying to uh you know do their do their thing over here and hope we don't notice 
Well, I, I try not to be conspiratorial. And I think that the reality is that these projects have are, are already the norm. They're the status quo, but they make so much less sense against the backdrop of the pandemic. And that's um, kind of what I wrote about in the article um, is that this pandemic provides us an opportunity. Um, and actually, one of my favorite authors, Arundhati Roy, wrote a recent article called This Pandemic is a Portal. And she talks about how this moment where we'll, we're being forced to collectively pause and consider what an essential activity truly is, this offers us an opportunity to shift direction and to really reconsider that question and to potentially move towards more sane and responsible practices. Um, and I think that the problem is that obviously the Trump administration and folks who are essentially afraid of change or don't believe that it's possible are clinging to the specters of systems that no longer serve us. And so, um, you know, clear-cut logging on the landscape is one of those one of those systems that no longer serves us not only because it's so destructive you know for watersheds but because in the in the context of a global pandemic it is so absolutely critical that we have clean water that we have healthy places that species can live and that we can escape to for our own sanity um, and it just seems you know even more absurd to be continuing these same destructive practices right now and uh, citing Arundhati Roy and shifting direction, you know, you say this is a time to get to, you know, sane and responsible activity. Um, what does that look like for you? What does sane and responsible look like from your perspective? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I want to say first, before I dive into some of my own visions, that this is, to me, the most exciting question that there is because it invites all of us to participate in this visioning process. I think as humans, one thing that we've consistently proved across our history, our tumultuous history, is that we are capable of ingenuity and we are capable of creativity and learning our lessons from the past and, and, and changing. Um, and I think that's really exciting and invites all of us to participate in building this vision together. Um, but for me, I think that a lot of direction has come to us from those who are setting out some policies in the Green New Deal, from those who are talking about what it could actually look like to develop um, something of a um, community conservation corps or a citizen conservation corps. Um, but for the environment, what does it look like to employ people to work in the woods doing recreational work, doing conservation work, doing rehab, uh, restoration, um, taking care of forests and um, doing reforestation and afforestation, protecting um, our carbon sequestering forests. There's jobs in that. And those are great, potentially great jobs for everyone who wants them. We just need to make space for them. And so definitely shifting the way that we relate and work in the woods feels like a huge part of that revisioning that we can do together. Um, and that to me is really exciting. Um, but so also is this opportunity to really reconsider the destructive projects that are happening right now. I think the very first thing before we can welcome in different activities and a different way of life is that we need to halt the destructive practices that are happening now. And those practices are these clear-cut proposals. Those practices are 
fossil fuel proposals like the Jordan Cove liquefied natural gas pipeline. Um, those things need to be stopped right now um, in the context of COVID, but also just because they need to be stopped. And from there, I think we can truly start re-envisioning what are the ways that we can build the world that we believe in and that we know that we can actually put together um, with a little ingenuity, learning from the past. And also because we absolutely can. I think that those who say that we can't are telling a story um, and that story doesn't serve us anymore, like I mentioned earlier. So yeah, I think it's it's exciting and it's um, something that we have to build together. You also write that in the time of coronavirus, we're forced to ask ourselves what is really essential to our society. And, uh, you know, that's its own can of worms. But I wonder if for you during this time, what have, what have you personally found essential and what, are, what, are you, what changes are you seeing in yourself that this uh, pandemic has sort of introduced into your life and the way you have to adapt? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that I cannot give enough respect and thanks to the frontline workers who I think are the true essential workers, the people who are doing um, you know, medical work and who are providing direct support, resources, and mutual aid to those in need. Um, those folks are essential. And you know, one, I think one thing that that exposes about our culture is that these are often the folks who are getting paid the least and who have the most human rights abuses in the workplace. And so, you know, those folks are essential. But for me personally, you know, activities that I have found essential for my own sanity um, and my own mental health in all of this have been doing, A, doing this work to defend the wild places that are literally and directly caring for us, um, and B, getting out to those places in a safe and responsible way. Um, it's the best reminder that there's more than this, you know, our shrinking worlds that we're all experiencing. We're now just limited to what's in our house, but there's more out there and there's, um, you know, forest ecosystems taking good care of us that need us to take care of them too. Has this given you uh, a greater sense of purpose with the work that you've been doing? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, if anything, the COVID-19 pandemic has reminded us of what the real things we need are at the very baseline. You know, we need health. We need and we want community. We need um, clean air, like I said, clean water. Um, we, need, we need these things at the very base of everything. And so, yeah, it's been definitely a rerouting in why we fight. Excellent. Well, Sam, this was this was great. It's a little, little shorter than we're, we're used to. We usually go a little bit longer on these things, but I think this was a great little conversation that kind of teases out what you wrote for your, uh, in my opinion, column that'll, that'll run in a couple days. And of course, a lot of the things that you've touched on are evergreen. So anyone who wants to kind of dip into this podcast, whether it's before before Saturday and after your piece runs, I think they're going to get a lot to take away from it. So, uh, so Sam, thanks again for hopping on this podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I hope we get to do this uh, a couple more times in the in intervening weeks. Me too. Thanks, Brendan, as always, for having me. Well, that was fun. Thank you very much. For listening to LTE. If you dig the show, consider sharing it with your network. Share it with a friend. Share it with a fellow registered guardian. This show was produced by me, Brendan O'Mara. Music was composed by Wistia Music Public Library. Public Library? I, 
No, it's just the Wistia Music Library, not the public library. If you go to wistia.com, they're, they're a video marketing company and they give away some free music. That's where I got the music from. Free is within the budget. Hey, thanks again, and we'll catch you soon. I'm out. Mm-hmm.